Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Eric Seepin and I am pastor of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. And across from me is Andy Littleton, who is pastor of Mission Church in Tucson. We're about 10 minutes away. Our churches are yep. 15 minutes away yeah. from each other. And we live about three minutes away from each other. Maybe five minutes, two. Maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. A good jog between our house. So yeah. we've been friends for a long time. Been doing yeah. this podcast for a long time. And now we're in sort of what we would call, I think, lightning. Lightning rounds. Of, yes, because of schedule and and because, Andy, thank you for continuing this podcast with me. Um, <laughs> sure. Even in the lightning round. We talked about our sermons. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in and being interested in us and uh, our what we, what we have to say. Yeah. All right. Enjoy, guys. There oh. we go. Oh. There we are. Hey. Hey, what's up? It's good to we, see you, Andy. What are we talking about? I thought we could go back to our old pattern, and uh, I, I noticed you preached this last week. I and did. I preached this last week oh, okay so we could have a little conversation about what we are well versed at because oh, it's in our head okay right? it's only been two uh two days since you preached yeah yeah yeah, yeah. man two days it's a long time but before we get to that uh did anybody in your church say they liked you no no not not based on the podcast not based on the podcast yeah this is this is disappointing to me I, I, it's exactly what i expected eric i, I didn't because you're the brilliant prognosticator you understand your church well i mean i'm not saying they don't like i'm not saying they don't like no no, i was just saying that they probably wouldn't listen or listen so closely to this podcast Mm. or listen to the end of it or whatever version you might want to say there to where they would then go i'm gonna do that they're not obedient at least in my experience so far that's not a common thing yeah well well, yeah i'm just gonna keep trying Please. You, know, you're, you can try. I'm, I'm trying. I'm not upset about this. Oh, I don't think you should be. I just, this is a, okay. t- I just want to, you know, I, I think it's uh Look, I, man, I like bumping into somebody from the village at Crave and they tell me they appreciate it. Yeah, that, yeah. see, that That's does the, the trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't, you know, oddly enough, I don't think I go in the circles of the mission people. I don't bump into a lot of mission people. Well, there you go. There also, there's a decent amount of Crave. I was at Crave yesterday. I don't go to, I don't go to Crave. So that's well, both of our churches, churches are there. Th- yeah, that's the, if you want to visit, visit. Yeah, and and mission. my time with the people from Mission at Crave was wonderful. It was great. Oh, great to see you. How are you? Very good things. Love the but, podcast. But they did not <laughs> say, Andy. I listened to the podcast, and therefore I want to say I appreciate you. That's the thing that I'm talking about. That's all I'm talking about. Oh man. <laughs> so other than that, yeah. yeah, I feel very loved and appreciated. I, well, I'm not saying you don't. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe it's just for me. So I feel love and appreciated by your church, by them telling you. Telling me. Yeah, it's very okay. complicated. Yeah. And I'm a little bit of a, a diva or whatever. I need, I need lots of padding and appreciation. So do that for Eric. Yeah. 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 Great. Anyway, what did you preach about this uh, week? Well, so we are, we've done a short series on the last or the second half of First Thessalonians. So oh, hope. One of um, my favorite books. Yeah. One the of the letters, and I... yeah, 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 
And so the, um, the, yeah, the whole series was on hope. And of course, that you've got all this second coming sort of questions around what does that mean um, for Jesus to return in there, mm-hmm. which is very hopeful. But this sermon, I, I will say, felt like the one where I had to give a lot more information to frame the idea of the day of the Lord and the, the coming of the Lord. of the Lord. Because I, and Rod has said this before, and I think it's very true, in churches with people with a lot of church background, Rod has said, you can preach shorter sermons. Um, in churches where there isn't a lot of background, sometimes you have to add a lot of background. And I think this one, you might need to add a lot of background no matter what, just because people come from Christian traditions that teach quite opposite sounding things on the topic. Yeah. It's a, anyway, it felt like there needed to be a lot of explaining around the concept of the day of the Lord, um, before it could be applied. Maybe I'm... Maybe that was just me thinking that, but I felt I needed to do it. And I will say it was a little complicated by being out of town um, celebrating my buddy John, co-pastor John, yeah. getting ready to be married with him and his friends. Um, and we had a members meeting after church. So there was just a lot in my head. Yeah, a lot of information lot banging of around. And and not as much time so, to sift it. But g- give us give us like a two minute uh three I can't, minute board that's day. What, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, Eric, I don't I, agree. I think you can boil it down to the simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, because you know what? It's a question that people who have been followers of Jesus for a long time and those who haven't they want to know what it means mm-hmm. it pops up in so many areas it pops up in philippians it pops up in isaiah it pops up in you know yeah. this basically what i taught eric was that the day of the lord is a concept and theme that repeats throughout scripture even though there's an ultimate um day of judgment and restoration in the future but that you have to be very careful not to read them all to be speaking of the same event exclusively. And sometimes when one day of the Lord is described, there's language that points to the ultimate day of the Lord, even though the entirety of that language does not point to the same event. And so, or or, uh, the way I described, I borrowed a little bit from a Bible project explanation that said, when you look at a range of mountains, you might see the biggest one behind it. Yes. And, and you might not see all the, the mountains in front of it. Um, and that's it's kind of... It's not a Bible project exclusive. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and he even suggested yeah. he got it from somewhere yeah. else. But the um, but that is a helpful image. So I used Mount Lemmon and the Santa yeah. Catalinas, and it can look like one big mass. Right. But it isn't. And so when you, when you read something like Isaiah, it might be speaking of the actual geopolitical events of his day, also might be showing you some things about Christ and also might be showing you some things about the ultimate day of judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and it could be hard to interpret. And so we, because first Thessalonians follows Matthew 24, we especially looked at Jesus in Matthew 24 talking about the temple and he's talking about the, the literal temple will be torn down. He's also talking about himself, his body that will be right. raised in three days um, and he's using some language that seems to be speaking of the end of time as we know it. And if you don't understand that, you might be 
looking for all of that stuff to happen at the same time right. can be confused. Yeah. No, I think that's really helpful. And I think when listening to you, one could think that it's actually harder than it really is. Right. It's not actually that hard. It can just be confusing to the cursory reading. And and unfortunately, and I tried to say this at church, unfortunately, a lot of us in church have been taught the cursory reading. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. I had an interesting thought on this, Eric. Like, I have been very much for not the professionalization of the clergy that mm-hmm. you all need, but... And I'm still not saying you have to have a high, high degree. But this, doing something like this, is an argument for clergy that studies hard. Yes. Because if you don't, you just read it in English. There's so much you don't unpack. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think it's, again, to use a word that you're going to say, oh, don't you describe that word? Mm -hmm. Uh, But to use the word, you know, in a good hermeneutic, so the way you understand and study scripture, there has to be an element of a reliance on those who study in academia. You, you, yes. If you have, if, because even if you are a seminary trained uh, pastor, you, you, you haven't... still have to rely on academia. And they're important in our world as followers of Jesus because yeah. they have dedicated their life and their calling to the study and of scripture and to bring it, the, the nuance and the depth and the holistic understanding of it, they're working hard to bring that to us. And usually, as in all fields of study, they're not just studying the whole Bible that hard. They actually pick a very yeah. specific... So one 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 scholar I've been reading on First Thessalonians is G.K. Beale, and part of that was because he has put emphasis into these exact, like, kind of day of the Lord, what is it, what does it look like, you know, in times, eschatological or end of all things questions. Sure. Um, and I know he has because he's put out tons of stuff. I've gone to lectures of his. So I, I was like, well, I'm going to read him along with a couple other people on this because sure. because I can't focus that much on it. I, I can't. There's right. no way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. No, I like that. That's really good. And I think it's helpful for people now. They'll, they'll have some sense of where to start with the day of the Lord. Yeah. I'll tell you the hardest part for me before we go to you was I have been, we were seeing a lot. We had a lot of guests on Sunday hmm. and it was a. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And we, we did not. Really? Yeah, we, we did. We were like, whoa, okay. And people who are unsure about faith, still um, new to faith or kind of like wrestling with it. And I've been surprised in good ways about topics that I thought were not appealing to those folks, and it was. Like, mm. I, I preached one week on elders, and it was just there it was in the text, and somebody came who hadn't been to church in a long time, reported to us that they'd had terrible leadership experiences, and when they heard this thing on how, you know, good elders should actually oversee the church and a pastor shouldn't run it, apparently that was very compelling to them. So yeah. I thought it wasn't. Um, so this is one where I went, man, for all these visitors, this feels like very, like a lot of information, very thick. Um, but who knows? So, so what I was just going to say, my struggle was I, I want to make things accessible, but this one felt like it took way more. It felt more luxury to me. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's sometimes we'll that's who knows? the part you, you have to play. And I know from having done this for like 20 years that, I mean, A, you develop your speaking style that, and you figure out how to make that balance of information mm-hmm. versus 
you know, yeah. boots to the ground yeah. or wheel, whatever, tires to the road. How do I apply these things to my life? Um, but it seems as you build a congregation, it is required um, as you're to, to really lay out yeah. a lot of details and, yeah. and help people understand what's going on. I mean, you always have to do that, but there is something about early church, not early church, but early church planting, you know, in that yeah. first 10 years where there is a lot of like, hey, I'm going to do a 45 minute lecture and it's mostly going to be theologically oriented or yeah. doctrinally oriented and... And as I've, I've said about our church, I think on here, because of 2021 and a merger before that, it sure. feels like we're like one to two years into a church yeah. plant, Yeah, even though we're, it's been far longer, but this group has not been together as a group that long. Yeah. So, okay. What'd you preach on? Well, we're, we're in a series uh, called Radical Discipleship. Ooh. Ooh. So <laughs> I need to, <laughs> need to preface all of this and saying... It, it happened because I titled one sermon, which was this particular sermon that I preached this week called Radical Hospitality. Yeah. And good old Pastor Michael, as we're planning out the sermon series, he's like, well, if that one's radical, this one's radical. then we just need to call them all radical. Yeah. And so we have, it's like a 14 week series and we've talked about radical courage Radical waiting, radical following, radical yeah. evangelism. Now we're talking about radical hospitality. We're going to talk about radical gender, and so it's radical gender. Yeah, wow, and this spicy, spicy. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, and radical meaning either very extreme or down to the essence of something. Uh-huh. And so we talked about hospitality and what that looks like, and what it looks like to. Um, be a people who welcome the unwanted guest yeah. and how we are unwanted guests and how Jesus became the unwanted guest. I mean, it's this whole theme, but I think the thing that really struck people and I built a lot of conversation was one really getting in touch with their own story of being unwanted yeah, and what Jesus has to say to that and how Jesus welcomes them. And then also, I mean, we use Philippians chapter two as the main source text of Jesus, uh, Paul inviting people to, to, uh, if they have any encouragement in Christ, if they have, what your experience of Christ is, is then have the mind of Christ. So this response to God's hospitality to you. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of looking at how Jesus became the unwanted guest died, you know, so that we would all belong. So that's a big, you know, that was the big theme, but I think, what people began to realize was, oh, there's a lot of unwanted in my life. Like, right. And the thing that really I challenge people with, and it's because it was a challenge to me, is that when you look at Jesus' life, and I in particular looked at when Jesus heads to the, um, well, he gets off the boat in Mark chapter 5, and he's headed somewhere, and the, the you know synagogue ruler comes and says, my daughter is sick, but you yeah. can heal him. And of course her and of course jesus heads that way but he gets interrupted by this woman who's suffering with Mm -hmm. bleeding and touches his cloak and he stops everything Mm -hmm. and it talked about how really there she's an unwanted guest to the community and i explained what that looks like and and also then how jesus encounters her even though he's supposed to be headed to heal a young girl he takes the interruption and my argument Mm -hmm. is that hospitality mostly radical hospitality mostly happens in the interruption and jesus was constantly interrupted 
and he stopped for people and he invited them in like children this woman and so i just challenge people to think through the interruptions of their own life and and that is where you're going to find jesus a lot of times and you know this hospitality can be cast as something that you plan really well to do and execute at a high level like you're you know the table is set perfectly people are wowed yeah there's no it's a near flawless evening or whatever and you're inviting the people that you really want to have over i opened the sermon with the martha stewart's most recent commercial where she has this big samurai sword and she's it's a commercial for pfizer and she's talking (laughs) about you know everybody basically is waiting for that unwanted guest to leave. You know, that unwanted guest you have that everyone is waiting to leave. And that is the picture of like, Mm -hmm. that you only want in your home when you're serving people, the people you want to have there. And those you don't, you want to get rid of them as soon as you possibly can. And that's our culture. I mean, we think that way. We categorize and wanted and unwanted Mm -hmm. in broad concepts, Mm -hmm. you know, in our culture. I mean, border conversations we're having now to, you know, our own life, like, the person who interrupts us when we're headed in to go grocery shopping because they want a couple bucks to our friend who just is a little bit annoying and stays a little too long to the family member who is just struggling and really hard to deal with. Right. Um, Yeah. So there's always brings up something in the news. You don't want to talk about. Yeah. There's like all of this and, and really beginning to understand that Paul's, like call is like well if you've tasted any comfort anything from jesus then you have this radical hospitality to offer the person who is unwanted so how how do you balance that or speak to that in a in a day where so many of our folks are really focused on self-care well yeah i feel like that is the one thing that pastors this will sound weird Pastors have to support and speak against all at the same yeah. time. Because I think a lot of times there, there's one set of people who just pour themselves out and don't take care of themselves, yes, right? no doubt. On the other hand, we live in a culture that has begun to be taught to narrate itself as a victim to everything. To, like everything that isn't comfortable becomes trauma. Yes. Yeah. And, and, I, and the thing is, is, you and I, who are completely aware of that, I think, do it all the time. Uh-huh. We are we narrate our lives oh, as victims no doubt, no nonstop. Doubt. I I think it's it's so hard not to. It's everything yes. you hear now. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 honestly, not just in like liberal spaces yeah, or whatever. No, everywhere, like, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I, and and it feels good. Yeah, like I want I it, I because it's about me. Right. And I think that and, and it's not new. I it's mean, like, I can't hear that. That's this is not comfortable for me. I I need to be in a place where I'm understood and yeah. seen and. So on and so forth. Yeah, but you look at you look at what Peter says. You look at what it says in Hebrews. You look at what it says in Romans twelve from Paul about hospitality. You know the word means love of stranger, and yet mm. you're called to have that brotherly love mm. for the people that are in your yeah. community and the people who are outside. So everyone is the stranger who is to be loved as a brother. Right, and so that means that you have to like. Well, the hard part is. To help people see that Jesus is the one who fulfills the longing. Right. And Jesus is the one who says you belong. And that means more than anything that anyone else says. And it's it's sustaining. It's a sustaining belonging because it comes through identity, right? Mm -hmm. You're a citizen. You're a child of the household. If all these identities that you can rest in, which allow you then to care for someone else because you don't have to have all your needs 
and demands met. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you find Jesus. I, th- I think the argument is when I care for you, then I will meet Jesus. You know, it's yeah. Well, right, which and, is he he says so, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, like that's yeah, that's actually when, when that. you are are encountering me. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, and I think the other thing is when you look at the early church, it's just the evidence of hospitality, radical hospitality, and how it transformed the Roman Empire and transformed like where we are now and how we think mm. about things now. It's mind blowing. It's a it's a exciting thing to join in on yeah, and yeah. be part of. So I don't know. I think it's how'd it go? I think it went great. Yeah. I, I think this whole series has been really good for our community. Yeah. And it's really got people talking because we chose to go very practical. Yeah. And very simple. Yeah. And um and so it's given people a lot to to think through and and um yeah, like last week, Michael preached on radical evangelism, and he asked the question, like, "Who are you chained to?" Mm. Like, and he used he used uh, um, Paul's imprisonment to the Praetorian Guard, yeah, and really challenged people to to begin to think through, oh, like, who am I chained to, and yeah. who then needs the gospel? Because those are the people that God's calling me to to bring oh, the gospel to. Um, Right, the Roman, the whole Roman Praetorian Guard heard the gospel because they were chained to Paul. Yeah, and then you start thinking through. Oh, and he started helping you know people think about what those chains are and how you would process that. And hmm. it was really good. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's giving people a lot of stuff to like think through. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, so that's I'm excited about what God is doing, um, in our community. Yeah, I mean, you know, being a pastor isn't easy. And being a follower of Jesus is not easy. Like this no. Is, no. I mean, when you talk about radical it's, no, it's not discipleship. A, it's not a call to ease anyway. Yeah. No, it's total surrender to yeah. the one who saved you. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I think it, it is, um, we do forget to say that. feels unappealing, but to say that we're not doing an easy thing here. Right. Um, it's what we're made to do. Yeah. But it's, and, and it, and the, so there's deep fulfillment in that and you really get to know Jesus, but it's, this isn't a, yeah, a, a way to enjoy life. Yeah. Per se. It, it's, you will. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the relationship with the one who created you, it's pretty profound. Yeah. Um, but it's also all consuming. I think we forget excuse me, that the gospel is part of it, a strong part of it, a big part of it is Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Like that is a lot. We've emphasized Jesus paid the price for your sins. Yeah. Jesus rose from the dead and gives you an opportunity to live in, you know, in eternity in relationship with God. But the kingship and lordship of Jesus, I think a lot of times we think of ourselves as like sometimes level with Jesus, maybe even sometimes over him and what mm-hmm. we want to try to get him to do for us. He's kind of helping us. Yes. Yeah. And when we're not in allegiance and submission to the king and waiting to be told where we need to go and what we need to do. Right. And that's right. Uh, that's uh it's not that it doesn't sell books. <laughs> or not many of them. No. <laughs> well, unless it's uh anyway, never yeah. mind. <laughs> Yeah. 
Unless it's uh, Jesus is Lord in the ways that I want him to be Lord over you. Yes. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah, no. Because yeah. we, we all, right, are, are excellent at, at seeing the way that Jesus should be Lord over others. Right. Yeah, me, me included. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, that's what, what we talked about. Well, that's, uh, I mean, unfortunately, due to my whole Tuesday life, yeah, that, that's, that's about, about where that's we're about at. It, yeah. yeah. Your Tuesday life. Well, hey, we have a, a book promotion. We Andy do. wrote this book. Which I have I have ordered copies. Ordered They're, copies. When when you're an author and you're and you're self published on Amazon, which this is my first time learning how to do that. Um, it, if you ordered a copy, you'd have it tomorrow. I order one, it takes two weeks. Oh, okay. Um, somehow, as the author, your book takes longer. And yeah. it's cheaper for you though, right? It is cheaper. Yeah, so I can resell them and actually if when when if, if you want to buy one from me, if you buy it from me, um, you know, don't tell Amazon. They already know. I will make a lot more on it if you buy it from me than if it sells on the marketplace. Awesome. Like and how much more. are you selling your book for? Uh, Ten bucks. Ten bucks. So if you want Andy's book and uh, you've already sent us a question, then you will have to buy it. It's ten bucks. No, you won't have to buy it. For If you send us a question, no, if you we're going to give us it a away. Question, but if you're a person who's already sent a question, oh, in the past, in the past, we're not giving books away to you. But uh, we'll, if you've never sent a question, send one. Give us your mailing address, and we will uh, t- answer your question on air and on podcast. I don't know in the pod. I don't know. Yeah. And, so uh, yeah. So the books. Yeah, as we mentioned before, what we do with Jesus, it's on Amazon. Um, if you want to buy a copy off of me, and you're around here. Uh, you know, email us faithoverbreakfast at gmail.com. If you're asking a question, well, we've, we've got a few we're going to send out um, for first-time question askers. If you're not, but you just want to buy one off me, let me know. I'll be at Crave. I'll have one. Uh, oh, in, yeah. yeah uh, somewhere around Valentine's Day. So, yeah. Uh, sometime around Valentine's Day, bring a $10 cash and uh, or use Cash App or Zelle or whatever. Something like that. Yep. Give, give the man some money. There you go. Get a book. Yeah, it's going to – it's probably, probably going to – push me into the next stratosphere of um new york best success yeah. oh yeah dude it's funny i these phone calls i never got them when the other ones went through yeah i'm pretty sure it's spam but yeah. it uh it's funny it's all this like oh i've got your three copies of or copies of your three books here would you like to be a part of the uh la times uh, authors symposium or something and i'm like this can't be right this makes no sense um it doesn't but uh it's <laughs> Wow, but but it sort of feels good. Uh, I bet oh, it feels hey. a little good though. <laughs> and then I looked on my Amazon thing. It's like, oh, I've sold sixteen. I make two dollars each. <laughs> I make thirty bucks. <laughs> la, whoa, la, watch out! Come the thirty dollar man's on his way. <laughs> and by the way, the proceeds go to Infuse, which is something that um, is like a multi church program that we're running. So Infuse is making thirty bucks. Yeah, so me. so. Um... Yeah, feel good about your purchase of this book. Yeah, it is It is going to support, um, yeah, people who are working out missional ideas in a community and having their theology shape their um, for-profit or non-profit ideas. There you go. Yeah. Bada-bing. Bada-bing. All right. So uh, thanks. That was yeah. great. See you next time. All right. See you next time. You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.